Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. Welcome to Bad Dad, Rad Dad, where we look for better dads one movie at a time. I'm Kylie. And I'm Elliot. And we're really excited to invite you in to the conversations that we have about the movies that we watch. So first off, what are we doing here? We're a couple. We've been together for almost 13 years. We grew up both individually loving movies, and then that love coalesced when we got together. Uh, And now we love them together. We've always unpacked and had long conversations about everything that we've watched and it's led to some of our deepest most sincere conversations about life and love and the past and the future and everything in between and now we want to invite you into those conversations dear listener and that's because we know yeah we love movies and we're not unique in that and we're happy we're not unique in that Mm -hmm. so what will you get out of listening to this i mean what what's important to me is i think about the fact that there are so many movies and there's not infinite time. Yeah. There are movies I want to rewatch, but then there's something new out and I can only pick one because I've only got so much time in an evening. There's movies I've never seen that it's sacrilegious that I've never seen. Um, and there's always new stuff coming out. So, you know, I don't want to waste my time on things that I'm not going to enjoy. And I also want to be able to find the things I'm going to love that maybe I wouldn't have heard about another way. So what we're hoping to do is help you find those movies. We're going to do totally spoiler-free, as much as we possibly can, Mm -hmm. conversations about the movies we watched, how they made us feel, what we thought about them, and how they just connect to our lives in general. So we're hoping that maybe that helps you find some new movies to watch or rewatch or relive if there's something that you really love or to avoid altogether. Nothing gets us more excited than making other people excited about a movie that we absolutely love. And, you know... If we're able to give that to at least one person, we've done our job here. Totally. I agree. We love how movies open the doorway to these important conversations that we have. And we're hoping that the conversations that we do have every week can help you facilitate discussions in your own life with yourself, um, with the people around you, and with us as well about all of the things in this very beautiful and difficult world that movies help to mirror and question and challenge. Yeah, absolutely. So the way that we watch movies when we're not going to the theater 
is we do something that we call mystery movie picks, which essentially is Kylie and me going back and forth, picking a movie that the other person doesn't know what the other person picked until a title card comes up on the screen or the other person is just smart enough to get it right off the bat. Um, This has alleviated a lot of wasted time on streaming services looking for something to watch. Now we're looking more purposefully for a movie and we're not basing that off of a streaming service. We're watching what we want to watch. Yeah, gone are the days of a fun trip to Blockbuster or a movie studio, the indie um, movie R. rental R. company. Oh, the best. Um, where you could have a like fun trip walking the aisles and discovering new things. And this is a way to kind of bring that back a little bit for us. Yeah. What it's done is it's allowed us to show each other movies that we never would have agreed to watch. That's the only way Elliot was able to get me to watch Terminator and T2. And I'm happy for it. I never would have agreed to it. And now I'm really glad I've seen them. Um, It also allows us to kind of like center what we want to watch that day and not have to agree on something and be able to be surprised and engaged in the thing that has been put before us and to just experience it. Yeah, I think we both have been pleasantly surprised with with each other when the other person picks an absolute jam of a mystery movie pick. And it's a then, great feeling. And then you feel the pressure on the next pick to step it up and pick something equally as amazing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it really gamifies it and it becomes a big strategy game. So it's super fun in addition to being a great way to get more exposure to more great movies. And you're going to see that play out in the way that we talk about movies as we intro the thing that we picked and chat about it in that kind of a way. The thing we haven't talked about yet is what's the deal with our name? Why are we calling this Bad Dad, Rad Dad? What this is born out of is that way that we see movies as a tool to help us think about and experience the world around us, our past, our presence, our futures, to mirror and commiserate and to also challenge and find hope for new ways of being in the world. And something that has been an impactful thing in both of our lives is our own complex relationships with our dads yes they're different while having some similarities Mm -hmm. and they have reared their heads at different times in our lives my relationship with my dad has always been complicated from the time i was really young yours was but you didn't quite realize it until later in life when Mm -hmm. your dad had also become a father to a second father to me through our relationship and so i faced the second complicated relationship with a father figure that I would have in my life and it probably won't be the last and it's been something that's just really shaped us is these really complex relationships with our dads where at times they feel like really bad dads while acknowledging that there's been some really fantastic moments where they've shown their capability to have some rad dad qualities and so we revel in that complexity as we also have a sense of humor about our desire for better dads yes An important thing for me to note, uh, just for all of you, is that my dad's dead. Um, He decided to complicate an already complicated relationship by dying 10 years ago. And I have a great sense of humor about it. He would do. He'd be totally for me capitalizing on his death. That's the kind of person he was. Part of the radness that he did have amongst all of the badness. Um, Stick it to the man, Eosis. Oh, that was... He was a proponent of contracting stick it to the man he owed it eos eosis 
Shout out to one of the best dads in cinema, by the way, Mr. Schnable. Yes. But, you know, this is developed into this both heartfelt and humorous thing that the two of us do, where when we, you know, are out at a store and, and one of the workers is particularly nice to us, we're like, I wish he was my dad. Um, or if we have, you know, these great mentorship relationships that we joke about as being our second fathers or third or fourth. Um, but more than anything, the characters in movies, where we see these characters in movies and they help us to commiserate and see the difficult things we've gone through with our fathers reflected back at us. Um, they also help us have hope for the fact that not all dads are bad. Um, they help us delight in the dads that we would like to have. Um, and our constant refrain is, be our dad. Please be our dad. Well, and I think the beauty in it too is that we've discovered that a dad is not necessarily assigned to a gender, that anybody can have a dad energy or anything. I think that one of your favorite, one of your favorite examples is Shadow from Homeward Bound. Best dad energy. So it, yeah, it's not, it's not gender exclusive. It's an or energy. A, or age exclusive. Yeah, exactly. It's an energy. And that's what we're, that's what we're big proponents of here at Bad Dad, Rad Dad. And so we're hoping that for you, whether you have collected many dads or very few dads or no dads at all, whether you think your dad is the greatest dad in the world, and I'm so happy for you if that's the case, or whether they're the absolute worst or just non-existent, we hope that you enjoy this journey with us of looking for better dads. Yeah, I think that's great. We're going to talk about the movies we watched this week. And at the end of that, we're going to crown the raddest and baddest dad of them all. All right. We're going to get into this? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm going to start with the first film I picked of the week. Last Sunday, I chose the film Come to Daddy. It's a 2019 comedy horror film directed by Aunt Tipson, written by Toby Harvard, and starring the incomparable Elijah Wood. Um, I chose this film because one of our dear friends who makes horror movies and loves horror movies and has a horror movie podcast of her own, Queer Horror Cult, um, has watched it multiple times on Letterboxd, and I've seen repeatedly high ratings. The cover, the title interested me, and I always love Elijah Wood. That's why I picked it. What'd you think of it, Elliot? I thought it was really fun. I mean, first of all, we're kind of introduced to an Elijah Wood that is dressed very emolicious, <laughs> mm -hmm. which which was great. Um, and, the haircut. Yeah, like seeing Frodo Baggins dressed up as a... As an emo kid, brought me so much joy. Not to, I'm also just going to back up and say that I love that the first movie that we're covering on this podcast is called Come to Daddy. Very on brand. Yeah, and totally not intentional. Yes. That, that sounded sarcastic. It actually <laughs> totally was not intentional. But no, I, I loved it. I thought that the set pieces, the location that it was, it was shot in was, was gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Um, and the acting, like you could tell that all of the actors in this thing were having fun. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the, the whole time we're just kind of, we're, we're laughing and we're, we're enjoying all the antics that are going on on screen. Yeah. I don't like, it was one of those like really, it's kind of dumb. It's a dumb horror movie, but in the best way. Oh yeah. And the, the gore oh, was yeah. fantastic. Like yeah. when you just want a ridiculous, fun not particularly scary, but just bloody movie, this will suffice. This will do it. Oh, yeah. And it has, I won't, again, not to spoil anything, in the in the final act, it has one of the best 
gory moments um <laughs> that involves a very everyday object and i'll leave it at that <laughs> but it's it, it's ridiculous and i have i've never seen it before on film and i absolutely loved it it was great um when did you so this was my mystery movie pick which the majority of the movies we watched this week were were mystery movie picks when did you figure out what we were watching um i think that this was one of the movies that was kind enough to have some opening credits Mm-mm. yeah <laughs> that had the title so it, it didn't t- it didn't take too long uh for for that to just reveal itself um but when it did reveal, and it wasn't until the the title card came up that I was, I'm pretty sure that I finally realized what it was. Um, but I, as soon as the title card came up, I knew I'd heard about this movie. I, I think we had maybe talked about it or seen. I think Elijah Wood might have talked about it on a Hot Ones episode that yeah. he was on. I think he said, "Oh yeah, I get recognized for Lord of the Rings all the time, and that's special." But when somebody recognizes me from Come to Daddy or Maniac, maybe. I don't know, but I feel like he mentioned it there and I was like, I want to be one of those people that meets Elijah Wood and recognizes him from Come to Daddy and not Lord of the Rings um, like I'm ever going to meet Elijah Wood. But but I like that Elijah Wood has this very understated, like he loves horror movies mm. and he, I think he has a production company or is a part of a production company. Don't quote me on that, but I feel like that's a thing that, and he helps produce quite a few horror movies because i feel like we've watched some horror movies where it's like produced by elijah wood i mean it sounds right to me so yes <laughs> we'll give him that credit um but yeah fun it was fun uh i don't know that it's one that i'm gonna watch over and over and over again um we have one of those this week we'll get to that later oh, yeah definitely but I guess just uh, how did this movie make you feel? It just made me feel joy. And it's one of those movies where it's just fun and ridiculous and you can love it for all of those things without, you know, the effects necessarily being the absolute best and it having a big budget or anything like that. It's just one of those low budget indie horror movies that you're just, you kind of revel in the genius of, mm. They did this on a much smaller budget and it's still effective and fun and a a great time. So it made me feel good Mm. and I'm glad that I saw it. All right. For the next pick of the week, which was my mystery movie pick, I I think I prefaced this with, I just want to watch something dumb. So that was, that was kind of the, the bit of the tease for you into what I was going to be picking so you could prep yourself mentally. Yeah, my my first guess was Hot Rod because I have never seen that and I don't really have an interest in seeing it. Um, I wasn't correct. But you almost swayed me to choose Hot Rod instead. I mean, I don't know which I'd have preferred. I can't say. <laughs> um, Well, this was the week that the Batman came out. So in preparation for that, I wanted to go back to a bit of a nostalgic movie for me. And I chose Batman Forever. Came out in 1995. It was starring Val Kilmer as the Dark Knight, Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face, Jim Carrey as the Riddler. Yikes. (laughs) Nicole Kidman, a very thirsty Nicole Kidman, and a very large boy named Chris O'Donnell. Um, And it was directed by Joel Schumacher. I'm curious what your thoughts are on this movie. (laughs) 
I mean, I'm rolling my eyes, I think maybe. Um, what I was <laughs> thankful for about when we watched this movie, because you like a lot of ridiculous movies. I mean, not that I don't, but there's a particular brand of ridiculous that is of nostalgic meaning to you that I and I haven't seen these movies. And so over the course of the last nearly 13 years, you've been slowly chipping away at showing them to me. And for some reason, this wasn't one I had ever seen. But when it started and I saw what it was and I have seen Batman and Robin or portions of it, I feel like when we took a trip to Vancouver when we were in our early 20s, it was on TV or something like that. And we just caught bits and pieces of it. And so I I knew to a degree what I was in for with Joel Schumacher. Um, And so I said to you, is it okay if I make fun of this the whole time? And I said, please. Yes. (laughs) And so that... That made the experience of watching it fun, where it wasn't like, oh, I have to pretend to love this movie that means so much to you. So a lot of laughs, a lot of a lot of criticisms pointed at the film. And because of that, it was a lot of fun to watch. Like it was, I'm not going to revisit it frequently, maybe ever again, but it was fun. <laughs> it was fun to watch. Well, and to be clear, it's not like I absolutely love this movie. This is not a Dark Knight level movie. Like this well, is just like, I just remember... You know, I saw it in the theater when it first came out and it, I was so excited and I, I got all the toys. I was five years old at the time. So I had all of the all the swag and all the stuff that went along with it. And I watched it repeatedly when it came out on VHS and it was just my jam. So I thought it was good back then. And to a five year old, yes, it is a good movie. I think there's still like this gleam in your eye that well, you will always Oh yeah, feel it deep in your in your heart. I mean, I'd be like, did you have? What did I ask you? Did I? It was something like, uh, did you have the the bat boat or whatever it was? <laughs> and you're like, no, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you were ridiculously spoiled and had all the toys. Um, I did. I the Batmobile from this movie. I really wanted the toy of it. And the reason I got it is because my mom used it as leverage when I went to the dentist and I wouldn't sit still. And she said, if I did, that I could get the Batmobile. And you better believe I was the best dentist patient that day. And, and I got that. You Batmobile. got that Batmobile. Hell yeah. It's probably in a box in our house somewhere. Uh, yeah, well, definitely. Very. I mean, so a couple of things I just have to say. There are just some hilarious lines in this movie. Like Nicole, is it Nicole Kidman's first line of the movie when Val Kilmer comes flying in hot entrance? I was just <laughs> like, that's my new line. That's my new pickup line. Hot entrance. Um, so immediately I was hooked in a goofy way. Um, I can't stand goofy Jim Carrey. I don't know if that's like sacrilegious as a Canadian but I can't stand him in his goofy roles. I never liked Ace Ventura, so now I don't have to feel sad that it's not a good movie to like. I didn't like like the Cable Guy. I I did like Liar Liar, but I just like it. I haven't particularly liked Jim Carrey, and this felt like Jim Carrey cranked up past ten. Oh, this is him at the height of his powers. <sighs> and wow, I mean. He he has some show-stopping out- outfits. Oh yeah. Um, so beautiful job to in Enigma there, but it was a lot. Jim Carrey as the Riddler is a lot. Well, I, I feel like the um, 
in terms of the villains, the direction was to go big and get go to 11 and stay there. Yeah, go big, stay big. <laughs> yeah. Even Tommy Lee Jones, he's just chewing up the scenery in it, every scene that he's in and it's not necessary. No, no. <laughs> and like Drew Barrymore as an angel to, uh, oh, what's the actress's name and what have I seen her in who plays the devil? Spice. Uh, her name is not the devil. Her name is Spice and Drew Barrymore's name is Sugar. Yeah, checks Debbie out. Mazar. Oh, she was in Beethoven the second. Oh. And Empire Records. Yes, yes, yes. I'm like, I know I've seen her in stuff. Um, What strange, like, Two-Face has sugar and spice. Um, And did did the Riddler get sugar later? Yeah. Sorry, we're spoiling some things. But, I mean, if you haven't seen Batman Forever, I don't know that it can be spoiled. Yeah. Knowing these things are not going to wreck the movie for you. No, this is what I truly know her from. She played evil bitch in Friends, the one where Rachel has a baby part one. Oh, <laughs> that's what I know her from. Yeah. Uh, wow. Okay. So that was wild. Uh, we have to talk about my favorite part of this movie. Do you know what it is? Mm, don't. Don't know. Oh, is it? Is it when? I mean, we're just getting we're getting real spoilery. No, no, no. With this. It's not not spoilery. Just like oh. my broad picture favorite aspect of this movie. No. Chris O'Donnell. Yeah. As. An adult playing a teenager who's an adult with an earring. Not that there's anything wrong with earrings, but just like he has this sad boy energy. And and then there's a particular scene with him doing some chores that may be one of my favorite things I've ever seen in cinema ever. And if you haven't seen it, oh my goodness, it's worth it just for that. Um, you'll never look at laundry the same you'll way. You'll never look at laundry the same way. So I really liked baby boy man Robin. What's his real name? Chris O'Donnell? <laughs> no, what's Robin's real name? Oh, Dick Grayson. Yeah, uh, IMDb just has him listed as Robin. Uh, Lazy. Yeah. Uh, no, well, they're all listed like that. Was he that. supposed to be a teenager? I never got, I, like, they I, never I said. I don't think so. They're just like, you have to adopt this man. If he was, he looks less like a teenager than the adults in Euphoria. So, and that's saying something. Um, but I, I, but I, I did like him in it. It was, it was fun. Yeah. So I'm not mad that you made me watch it. I don't want to watch it again tomorrow or maybe even next year or maybe even ever, but I'm glad I've seen it and I would revisit some of the clips for fun. Yeah. I mean, like I, like I said at the very beginning, it's dumb. It, it's, it's dumb, but it's fun. Yeah. Um, overall. All of that said, how did it make you feel? <laughs> how did Batman forever make me feel? It made me feel a little goofy. <laughs> like, I think I got kind of riled up by the goofiness of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it made me feel a little dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I'm not mad about it. Yeah, I'm not mad about any of it. That's how it made me feel. It made me feel goofy. It made me feel a little silly. Um, and it was... For what you were trying to accomplish, um, it was a good foil to the Batman, which we'll talk about later. Perfect. I'm glad I got to show it to you. Yeah, I'm glad you showed it to me too. Glad I've seen it. I feel like I have an important part of cinema in my back pocket now. The next movie we watched was my mystery movie pick, as we do back and forth forever. Shout out to uh, 
me, you, and everyone I know. I don't, I don't know what it's called. Let's do that again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, the next movie we watched, I picked my mystery movie pick. Um, I was just having a horror movie week. I felt like horror movies. And I mean, I often feel like horror movies, but we go weeks without watching any. We're not exclusive to the horror genre, although it's one of our favorites. Um, and I want something short. I had two movies in, in my... Oh, was this one I, I grabbed the Amiibos and I made you pick? Yep. Yeah. I had, I had a logic behind it. One of them was um an international film that wasn't in English. So I picked Bowser, the Bowser Amiibo in that hand because Bowser doesn't really speak any form of English. Um, And I had Mario or Peach Amiibo in the other hand. They they say... I like that you have reasoning behind what, <laughs> why you assigned these things well, to these I, amiibos. Yeah, because otherwise I wasn't going to remember. I, I don't know. It felt important at the time. All right. So you picked the Peach or Mario amiibo. So then I picked the movie Creep. Um, I'd been wanting to watch this movie for a really long time. It came out in 2014, and I feel like I've wanted to watch it since around then. Uh, it's very small cast it was written and directed by patrick bryce who is one of the key actors and then the other actor the reason i know about this film in the first place we both knew about this film in the first place is mark duplass who helped write it and he's the other um key actor in it and i feel like it's almost better to know as little about it as possible but um, the IMDb summary is a young videographer answers an online ad for a one day job in a remote town to record the last messages of a dying man. When he notices the man's odd behavior, he starts to question his intentions. Overly generous use of pronouns there, because I don't know which he they're referring to at any given time. Nonetheless, <laughs> decent summary. Yeah, I've been wanting to watch this for a long time because we we've been in for Mark Duplass for a while. Like we watched Baghead back when it was relatively new and we've mostly watched all of room 104 which has some hits among the misses so i generally like to if he's in something I, i'm willing to, to check it out and i felt like horror i felt like something that was short it's very short it's only an hour and 17 minutes that was perfect for a weeknight what'd you think of it i loved it i thought it was so good yeah like it's all what is it it's like first person cam yeah, like I want to call it found footage, but it's not found footage. Like, yeah. Found footage is footage that's been found. Nice. Yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> which is like Blair Witch Project, right? Or Cloverfield. Is Ruck found footage? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, because it's footage that's been found. So this isn't footage that's been found, um, but it's from the perspective of a person holding a video camera. And that's yeah. how it's shot. Yeah. But it's it's super tight. Like... In terms of runtime, like it's it's shorter than an hour and a half. Yeah, I think. Yeah, an hour and seventeen minutes. I think I already said that. Maybe. Oh, pff, sorry. Yeah, I'm just sitting here not listening to mm -hmm. you. Apparently. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was super fun, and you know, even though it is kind of all shot through this first person perspective, it does it so effectively in a way that it it just kind of reinforces that it really works to build tension when you're viewing it through the lens of a, of a person essentially. So yeah, you're kind of on the edge of your seat throughout the whole movie and you're not sure without reading a synopsis beforehand. I, I didn't really have any sort of idea of what this was about. I was just kind of pleasantly surprised as the story mm -hmm. un unraveled and 
seeing where it was going and I didn't know where it was going. And I had a lot of fun with that. That's a, I'll just kind of just as a little bit of a offshoot. That's what I really like about the mystery movie picks is that we're potentially sharing things with each other that we haven't seen a trailer for or mm. haven't read a synopsis for, you know, maybe we know the title and that's it. Um, so it doesn't give the other person the opportunity to look into a movie before we just dive in and watch it, which makes it even more fun, especially more so when it's something like creep that is actually really good. I mean, to that, when did you realize what we were watching? Did I realize? What I remember. Do you want me to tell yeah, you? Please enlighten me. Like, cause I, I felt like you knew what this movie was. Um, and that's the other fun thing about a mystery movie pick is what I tend to do is I tend to, uh, go on my letterbox watch list, which is over 400 movies. And, um, you can, you can select what you want your watch list to show you. So I select released. I can't talk. I select released. Um, so it's not showing me anything that hasn't come out yet. Um, but you can also select genre. So I was like, I'm in the mood for a horror movie and I selected genre um, and I was like, oh, yeah, creep. Like, I've been wanting to watch that for a while. I checked the length of it. And I honestly didn't really know that much about it either. I was just like, okay, let's do it. And the moment you knew what it was, was when Mark Duplass shows up on camera. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he like, he shows up in a bit of a um, unexpected way. And you were like, oh, is this creep? And I was like, oh, sweet. It, it, <laughs> there's a part of me that gets really excited when you figure out what it is before the title credits mm-hmm. show. And I think that this one didn't have the title credits till the end. Yeah. I could be wrong about that, but I feel like it was at the very end. And I was like, good for you, Elliot. You figured out what it was. <laughs> yeah. I got such a smart boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. But yeah, I I don't know. I had a lot of fun with this movie. I thought it was a great pick. I um Something that was so i so appreciated about this is how on edge it made me without gore so like Mm -hmm. opposite of come to daddy where i was i wasn't really i don't think i was on edge at all in that movie and i wasn't scared um but i had a lot of fun and i loved the blood and the guts and the gore in come to daddy there was very little to none of that in this film, but I was constantly like hands creeping to my mouth, body tensing up, being like, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? And, um, and there was just some some stuff in it that was so wildly unsettling. We are just like, what? The ever-loving hell is happening here that just set my skin on edge. And it's enhanced, for me at least, by the first person camera view that enhances the unsettling nature of it now if you don't like that kind of thing you're probably not gonna like it yeah and i think that what lends itself really well to that is like i said before that really tight runtime mm-hmm. where they're not really wasting any moment to you know everything is drawn out the perfect length and it pays and every moment pays off and as the story goes on and it builds and builds you're just like okay what's gonna happen next how can it go how can it get worse or you know like it's very effective in its runtime and and its sequencing of all of the different scenes and how they play out yeah mark duplass is no slouch even though i know he didn't direct it but he was you know he he was a co-writer on it yeah i like i think that they created the concept together um and i actually my IMDb watch list reminded me of this, but the reason I, I I had it at top of mind is one of my former students who's graduated was emailing me and just saying, like, if you haven't seen Creep 2, you got to see Creep 2. And I'm like, what the hell? I got to see Creep 2? Can I? 
I haven't seen Creep. Like, can I, should I, must I watch Creep first? And uh, the student was like, oh, no, 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 no. You don't need to watch it. I don't live like that. I'm not chaotic enough to go straight to the second one. So I'm really glad we did watch the first one. And then we watched a trailer for Creep 2. And um, I'm excited to watch that eventually, too. And I, and I hear that there's a Creep 3, like it's going to be a trilogy mm. and that it's in the works. And I, I think I think it's going to be really, really great. I also saw on a, a reviewer on Letterboxd, I wish I had their name up with me now, uh, talked about how, you know, first person films like this and found footage films of which it, it feels similar to those kinds of films often have like a sense of like chaos and lack of mise-en-scene in them which like it could could be on purpose or like i I don't know i'm just kind of speaking out my ass right now but this one reviewer talked about how they felt that this film really used that well to frame shots it's like setting the camera down at a particular point and clearly thinking about where the camera was being set down so you have a moment of stillness and like that there seemed to be a lot of art in terms of the framing of the shot or like even the the cover of the film is a shot from the movie um, where Mark Duplass's character is at the top of a set of stairs and he's illuminated from behind and he's all shadowed. It's actually a beautiful shot while also being like really unsettling. Yeah, so that when that I saw that reviewer say that on Letterboxd, I was like, yeah, I didn't notice that myself, but now I see it and I and I agree. Well, it works so effectively too. Like that that poster, it just sticks out to me because it the title is written in that kind of etched, scratched kind of font that it's that just creepy font. It's very creepy. Yes. So, how this movie make you feel? Give me the give me the Wiggins for most of it. Give me the Chili Willies, and I was just yeah, like I said, just like kind of on on the edge of my seat the whole movie. But I love the experience going through it and just not knowing anything about it. So it was a complete surprise. And and yeah, I'm I too am very much looking forward to watching Creep 2. We, after watching that trailer, I'm like, it looks like even more fun than this mm-hmm. first one was. So I'm stoked. And if they're making a third one, I'll watch that too. Mm-hmm. Love it. The next one was the Big Daddy of the Week. This was the one that I lost sleep over. I had a nightmare <laughs> about... Going to see it in the theater, and I had to get up in the middle of it to go to the bathroom. And this dream turned into a nightmare when I got lost somehow in this massive theater and couldn't find my way back to the theater that the movie was playing in. And when I finally did, the credits were rolling. So it was just immensely disappointing. And I'm like, please don't manifest when we go to see this movie in real life. Um, so the Batman came out and we went and saw it on opening night in IMAX and yeah, that it was, it was everything I wanted it to be. I'm, I'm a huge Batman fan and have been since I was a kid. You've been the joke, the running joke is that you've been a Batman fan since you were in the womb. Pretty much. Yeah. I was born in 1990 and in January, 1990 and the first Michael Keaton Batman that was directed by Tim Burton came out in December 1980, oh, Tim, Tim 1989. Burton, Tim Burton, my father? Your dad. Right. Um, and so my mom was very pregnant with me, and she was super excited to see that movie. So we think that in utero, I just absorbed that excitement, and now that's just who I am and what excites me and what I get excited about. So I, this is probably one of my most anticipated movies of the year. I was very, very much looking forward to it, and... Yeah, it delivered. 
uh i really liked it but yeah the batman came out this year it has robert pattinson or robert battinson as the dark knight wow uh zoe kravitz as catwoman or zoe catfits Catfits. (laughs) uh paul dano as the riddler a very unrecognizable colin farrell as the penguin jeffrey wright as big daddy jim gordon and andy circus as alfred it was uh directed by matt reeves whose work we love mm-hmm. uh like we both love cloverfield and we love the two planet of the apes movies that he did mm-hmm. um and it was also written by matt reeves and peter craig this was very clearly what matt reeves vision for this was and he just chased it and made it and it was pretty awesome it was yeah i I really like this movie and I after seeing it, you know, I knew that I knew that I really liked it as the credits rolled and then as, you know, we drove home. But I had to sit for with it for a bit because it is quite different than any on screen Batman that we've seen before. Like I think there's things you could kind of pull here or there that he takes influence from and puts into this movie, but it is very much its own sort of entity and beast. So I had to sit with it for a while before I kind of settled on where it kind of ranks in my list of favorite Batman movies. But before I get any more into that, I'm curious, how do you feel about it? Um, I really liked it. I I didn't have much skin in this game. Like, if it was great, awesome. If it wasn't, fine. I knew you were really excited about it, which the, like, horrible terrible part of me is like well if you're excited about it whatever um i hope you like it but it, it's your thing batman is your thing mm-hmm. um and so i was like the nice generous part of me is like i hope it's good and i hope you like it and i hope that we can enjoy that together um and i did really like it a lot of people i believe have compared maybe even matt reeves himself has said that um david fincher was an influence on this and i i i like seven i like Mindhunter, i like zodiac and I really liked those parts of it. Uh, I've seen I've seen some people on Letterboxd talk about how it's also very it seems very influenced by Saw. Yep, love the Saw movies. I mean, we've never, I don't think we ever finished them, but man, I loved those first three. Um, <laughs> and we've uh, we've seen that first Saw movie so many times we can basically recite the script um, together. And I and I really liked those moments of it. Something that I've um that I've kind of been sitting with is it was a really quiet movie. Yeah. Like quiet and um, both literally quiet. Like it wasn't loud explosions and even the music is a little bit more subdued and like it thrums in your body instead of being something that's just blasting at your ears. At least that's how I experienced it. Um, But it made the bigger moments pop even more when like the bigger action sequences. Yeah. It also meant that when the people beside me were eating chips, it was, it was really loud. (laughs) um yeah Yeah. but i but i liked that about it like i i struggle with action movies sometimes and getting kind of zoning out as it gets too actiony and for the fact that it's a three-hour movie um i wasn't zoning out now i like a slow burn movie and i think that that might be challenging for some people with this one like if you just love action movies and you love superhero movies i hope you also love this movie but it's a slow burn movie i think it's very different pace wise and tonally from an mcu movie oh yeah a marvel movie and i mean from my understanding also from uh, a dc movie i mean i haven't really seen them 
I've seen the first Wonder Woman and, and we went to Aquaman for a friend's birthday. Right. Um, and that's it. I think that's all I've seen. But this felt different than those movies to me as well. After we watched it, I started diving into what all of the reviewers that I watch online. And I think I'm just going to kind of echo what everybody kind of online is talking about. And I just think first, I want to talk about the cinematography. Like, I think the way that this was shot was amazing. Mm -hmm. Like, it definitely evoked those David Fincher, Seven, Mindhunter, even Saw kind of vibes. Something you wouldn't expect from a Batman movie, probably more so like a Batman comic book. Mm. The way that they shot Gotham City and made it feel like a character in some sequences. And I think they did a really great job um, with the overall look of this movie. And then the second piece, I think, is the score. I thought the music Mm -hmm. here was really good. And to like pump myself up leading to us going to the movie theater, I just listened to the Batman theme on repeat just because I think it's from this movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So I just. Are you still doing it? Uh, I haven't been. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's so good because, it, yeah, it just kind of, it has these moments of sadness and longing and, but then, you know, kind of ramps up into the main part of the theme, which is really epic and amazing. So I think that does a great job of just kind of encapsulating who Batman is as a character mm. And then all the th- all the subsequent themes for Catwoman and the Riddler, mm-hmm. they were just kind of executed perfectly across the whole of the film. And it just felt, you know, in kind of the history of cinematic Batman movies where you have Danny Elfman's kind of kicking it off with mm-hmm. the Michael Keaton movies and Tim Burton movies. And then I think that what Hans Zimmer, James Newton Howard were doing with the Christopher Nolan movies, like that stuff's really iconic, especially in the Dark Knight where you have a like a Joker theme that's just kind of like this one winding string theme that's just getting tighter and tighter mm-hmm. and it just builds tension. I think that what I think his name is Michael Giacchino, uh, what he did with this was was incredible. But yeah, just. And I think the last thing that reignited that passion for Batman for me in this is that this has felt the closest to what I consider my Batman is the Batman, the animated series, Mm. um, which I grew up on, which was my favorite iteration of Batman. And still the voice acting from that show are the voices I hear when I read a Batman comic book now. So I just felt like the sort of angle of this is a detective story Mm. You have these big action set pieces, but you also have the the trauma that Bruce Wayne is going through and and what he's and what he's having to deal with on that level too. That was explored to some extent in the animated series and Mask of the Phantasm. So I was I was happy to see that here. So yeah, I think that what Matt Reeves has set up, I'm excited to see and hopeful that he does a lot more in this universe mm. with these people because. I think everybody that was a part of this movie came to play and it was awesome. Yeah. So speaking of the people, like this is a Babely movie. Oh, yes. Very like, Babely. Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz, ultimate babes, both on screen and off. Off screen, they're both just like so cool. Like, <laughs> I wish I could be that cool as either one of them, both of them put together, whatever. Uh, but they they both were great. I struggle sometimes with wrapping my head around so many different versions of the same character within a short time span. Like thinking Spider-Man, thinking Batman. I'm like, I mean, 
I thought Christian Bale was our Batman, and then all of a sudden it was Ben Affleck, and now it's Robert Pattinson? Like, what? Um, but I was really impressed with him, and I I don't have any issues with him. I actually think he's doing great stuff these days. Like, The Lighthouse is... Awesome. We gotta rewatch The Lighthouse sometime soon. It's so good. That was one of the, the last movies we saw in the theater before not getting to see a movie in the theater for a really long time. Um, Plus, I want Willem Dafoe to be my dad. Oh, I really want Willem Dafoe to be my dad, too. Be our dad, Willem Dafoe. Please. I mean, not joint. That's a little weird. Do we want the same dad? No. I mean... Adopted. Yeah. We can adopt us both. Adopt us, Willem Dafoe. Yeah, please. Get our numbers. Give us a call. Um, but yeah, two, po- two things I want to say. I already said, Babely movie. Super, super fun to see those two play those characters. And I thought they both did a great job. But also, this movie is really bleak. I don't know that the night we saw it, I mean, Friday night, I'm a teacher. Friday nights are hard when it's been a five-day week. Three-hour movie, chip eaters beside me. Um, Walking through the big mall with, like, lots of people just being dill holes. And I have an issue with the this particular IMAX because they don't close the door and and there's a there's a light in your in your like an illuminated doorway where you can see the light filling out from the rest of the theater for the whole movie. I I, I take issue with that. I should take further issue with that and, and ask them, is there a door we can close? Yeah. Um, but the last time few times in one of the last times we saw a movie in that IMAX theater was pre-covid and it was like that then too but this felt heavy it felt bleak like start to finish I, I felt like the bleakness that i think many of us are currently feeling in our world in the movie and some days when i see some days i want to watch something bleak when i'm feeling bleak to feel not alone i think i was a little shocked at seeing a superhero movie where often you know in a superhero movie we you know the mcu movies make me feel good they make me feel like they're comforting and they're they're happy and my heart swells at points in them and this didn't do that for me in fact i was there was a couple moments in the movie that like my heart plummeted at the really upsetting realistic threats of violence in the film that felt like that could happen in my city on Saturday, particularly Saturdays lately. Like it felt like this could happen. This could happen in a space that I could be in. And I am just devastated and a little like numb seeing this happen. I think on a particular day, that could have been something that really resonated with me and made me feel like, the bleakness of the world reflected back for me. But in this particular moment, I kind of felt like, oh, I just don't want to think about how awful the world is right now. But I think that's just me on a Friday night after a hard week personally and in the world. It, w- it was a lot to see that bleakness just like flashing in front of me on the IMAX screen. Yeah, I totally hear you too. Like it's it's hard to watch something that you know, has some scenes that remind you of some very real things that are going on in kind of our immediate backyard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was there was a lot like this felt very grounded and very real tonally. So it, was, it didn't feel like there's many degrees of separation yeah. from, you know, this fictional thing we're watching in real life. 
Yeah, I'm so used to a superhero movie being something that is very escapist in a way that I'm excited for. And and I think I wasn't necessarily prepared for, I think I said this on our, on our drive home from the theater, just like, that feels like what would really happen if superheroes really existed. Like if, like if superheroes in the sense of like, I'm putting on a bat costume and running around the streets. And there, there are times where, like I said, I, I would have felt perhaps very comforted and um, assured in my feelings about the bleakness of the world, like where it's nice, maybe nice isn't the right word, but it's, there's a sense of, okay, I'm not alone in seeing the world this way. But on that particular day, I think I was just like, oh man, the world's already so bleak and now you're reminding me of this. So I, I would be interested to revisit it at a time where like I know what I'm in for and and just viewing. I mean, I, I don't doubt you're going to want to see it a few more times um, and, and hopefully not all of them with me. You had a really <laughs> you had a really cute moment with your mother about this film. Yeah, where she she texted me. Are you going to the Batman? Can we go see it together? I um, mean, your nightmare kind of came true for her. Yeah, she went to go see it the day after Kylie and I saw it, and they went to um, the like very souped-up VIP theater, and the projector broke, um, so they got refunded all their money, and they uh, had to had to leave, and they couldn't see it that day. They ended up seeing it the following day, because yeah, like I said, their tickets got comped, so th- that's good. And she loved it; she thought it was great. Um, Nonetheless. She didn't get to see it when she went to see it. But again, is another very cute thing is that immediately after she saw it, she wanted to call me and unpack it with me. <laughs> so I think that's a great thing because, like the, like in, you know, just being like, the Batman is your thing, and and it has always been your thing, and prior to us ever even becoming friends, it was your thing, and so there's a there's a degree to which it will never be my thing, because it's your thing. Mm-hmm. But it's also kind of you and your mom's thing, which is. You know, she was the one buying you the Batman toys because you were a good little boy at the dentist. <laughs> um, yep. Why don't you do that for me? You, you be a good little. Well, you did go to the dentist last week, and you were a good. Little, you were a good little boy. Mm. And I went and saw the Batman and IMAX with you. Oh. That's the equivalent. <laughs> Would you? Are they selling Matt Reeves Batmobiles? Would you like me to buy you one? Take a look. Okay. But I, you know, I think it's really nice that you can have somebody who isn't me to to share your your batman love with yes absolutely um so all that said how that make you feel i'm gonna go back to that word bleak like it it felt bleak it it felt heavy i felt really like engrossed in a lot of that when when the people beside me stopped eating chips and I could really like (laughs) my misophonia could like disappear and I could just like zone into the movie. I was engrossed by the heaviness of it and it had me, I I bought into that, but I left with the movie did not take the heaviness away by the end for me. I left with that heaviness still sitting inside of me, which is not something I'm used to in a superhero movie. I don't think that's a bad thing. And I give major credit to all the people involved in this film for doing something that felt new to me. But I felt, yeah, I felt heavy. I, I was just thinking, as you're saying, like it was heavy the whole time and it just left you with that yeah. heavy feeling. Like in comparison, arguably the 
heaviest movie that doesn't end hopeful is and on the MCU side of things is probably Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. Um, but even by the end of that, I mean, they've also set up this universe where you know that's not the end and things And you know it's a part one. Yeah. So but Yeah, I didn't You still felt hope like you weren't you didn't have that hopeless feeling. You were excited and anticipating where it's gonna go next. There's a further degree of separation for me in an MCU movie where like even I mean, I cry like a baby in MCU movies and I mean I cry at so many things, but like I feel big feelings in MCU movies, but they're not heavy feelings. Like, even when I'm sad, it's a sadness for fictional characters, and I'm very aware of that. Whereas the fictional world of the Batman left me with a heaviness about my world. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. But yeah. I was a little surprised by it, and I am I am looking forward to revisiting it when I am ready to feel that heaviness and like interrogate that heaviness and i don't feel like i didn't really want to keep feeling that as i left the theater so i'm i'm looking forward to a day when i where i can choose to take that heaviness on yeah totally fair and yeah for me i ended up after spending a little bit of time thinking about this i i ended up giving it a five out of five and i've also given the dark knight a five out of five and i've i've said this a few times in conversations with kylie I think that they get those five out of five grades for different reasons. Mm -hmm. I think the Dark Knight gives me something completely different than what the Batman can give me. And I would, I think I'd have to be in completely different moods mm -hmm. to want to pick up and watch one of them again. Mm -hmm. um, but I think they're both great. And they both, <laughs> and the Batman satisfied that little kid in me that still <laughs> loves Batman. Um, and you didn't get lost and miss the movie. Yes. Huzzah for that. Huzzah. Okay, okay, okay. The last movie we watched this week, I'm so excited for you to talk. I'm so excited to talk about it. I'm so excited to talk about it for anyone who hasn't heard of it. Tell us about it. Okay, so this was the last movie of the week. It was my mystery movie pick. It's a movie called Fresh. It just came out on Disney+. Plus. It stars Daisy Edgar-Jones, Sebastian Stan. My boyfriend. <laughs> Jojo T. Gibbs and Andrea Bang. It was directed by Mimi Cave and written by Lauren Kahn. Um, I'll give the quick synopsis from IMDb. The horrors of modern dating seen through one woman's defined battle to survive her new boyfriend's unusual appetites. Very succinct and very teasery. Yeah, I chose this movie because we watched a trailer for it earlier in the week. I think a trailer just dropped and we watched it together. And I think your reaction to it was very much like, I love that and I want to see that. I'm I mean, mostly because Sebastian Stan was in it. True. Yeah, I. You're a Sebastian Stan Stan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, he's cute. But uh, tell tell me how you felt about my pick. Okay, so I. <laughs> it was your pick. It was sat Saturday night. Yeah. Um, and I really wanted to watch this movie, and there was a part of me that was like thinking about just being like, hey, do you just want to watch Fresh tonight? Because sometimes we do that, where it's just like, let's just issue mystery movie picks all together. And if one of us is just in the mood for something, like, let's just be like, hey, do you want to watch this? And I was thinking about doing that. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I We just watched The Batman together yesterday. You haven't got to pick a movie in a while. Like, I'll let you pick your movie. But I was like, I really want to watch that fresh movie tonight. I really would love to watch it this weekend. And then it was very quickly that I picked up on what it was. And I was just like, I think it was the first time there was a close up on someone eating. I'm like, oh, my God, is this fresh? Did you book the movie I wanted to watch tonight? Oh, you're the best boyfriend ever. 
Um, so I was really excited and just like, holy shit, I loved this movie. Like, I wanted to watch it because Sebastian Stan was in it because it's a horror movie. That's about it. That, that, that is as far as my thoughts about why I wanted to watch this movie went. It had no business surprising me with how good it was. And, and I have to say, if you like horror movies at all, don't read anything more about it. Don't even watch a trailer. Just go watch it. Yep. I think the, the least you know about it, the more you'll enjoy it. It's really not scary, I don't think. Um, I would equate it to the scariness level of Get Out, where there's, there's some stuff that might make you a little queasy, that might make your skin crawl a little bit, but nothing particularly frightening outside of the idea of it being frightening. Not any particularly frightening images. Um, I don't think really any even jump scares, or if there are, they are rare. Yeah, I'd say think, I think that's a, that's a good thing. Like think more get out and less insidious. Yeah. Do people know insidious? Is Insidious a good like blanket movie? <laughs> Insidious is just like a lot of jump scares and a, yeah, lo- yeah, a yeah. lot of oogie boogie nonsense. That's true. Yes. But yeah, oh my goodness. I just, this so pleasantly surprised me with how much fun I had. I I don't know the the actress Daisy Edgar Jones. I don't, I don't know her. Really liked her. Like I'm, I would be intrigued by a movie now if i knew she was in it like i'd be like oh i like turn fresh i'd be like let's check that out um and she's a total babe yeah like the bat we just we watched back-to-back total babely movies yes like ah that's a treat too yeah it was so so good it was fun it was uh, squirming body uncomfortable it was shout at the screen like don't do that do do that yes this no like it was that kind of fun horror movie like watch it with some friends who like won't talk throughout the movie but you can like shout some things in unison appropriately yeah and like and to that too it it was kind of cool watching that the same week we watched creep because it kind of had a lot a lot of that kind of thing where we didn't really have a lot of context of how the plot was going to unfold. So as it was going, we're just kind of like, oh my God, I, what's going to happen next? What's going on? Yeah, like I, there w- I had like a general thought about what it was about because uh, one of my default things to do when I have some spare time is just like watch YouTube interviews by Sebastian Stan or Andrew Garfield. Lately, I go through cycles um, and those are the two I've been <laughs> cycling lately. And so he had mentioned the film in some interviews that, that he was in, and he's been doing a lot of press because of Pam and Tommy. And I had, so I kind of had heard some things through that, and then we did watch the trailer. So I thought it was about one thing. And while I wasn't totally wrong in that, it went further and in different directions with that aspect of it than I had thought it would. And I really liked the directions it went with it. Oh, Yeah. I think you loved it as much as I did. Like we, I think we were both just a little gobsmacked at, like, I will watch this regularly. Yeah. Like this, this is going to enter my pantheon of horror movies that when I'm in a particular mood for a particular type of horror movie, this is going to be in rotation. I agree. I think I would not be surprised if we probably revisit this um, around Halloween. Oh yeah. Like if not sooner, but like for sure, for (laughs) sure. Also like the music was great. And like, 
okay, yeah, you if you don't like a needle drop moment or if you like think that that's overdone, then okay, maybe this movie isn't for you. But like, I do like a needle drop moment. I do love the yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> um, and like, yeah, I, I thought it was fun. I thought it was fun the way they used the music, the way it balanced tones of comedy and be- like there's some beautiful stuff in this film like beautiful imagery i mean like yes. some really interesting directorial choices that then are played against their beauty earlier in ways that unsettle you later mm-hmm. which was super cool so yeah just this balance between like fun and funny and like rah rah yes and like ah no and like <laughs> Ugh, i'm Ugh, like I'm just making making a lot of noises and attempts to not spoil this. Um, but like, yeah, just oh my goodness, I I cannot state enough how much I liked this movie and how surprised I was by how much I liked it. I, I'm in a hundred percent agreement. Um, this was another five out of fiver for me. I I thought it was I thought it was so great, and everybody was amazing in the movie, and the twists and the turns made this really fun i mean i don't think there's a ton of movies especially movies we've never seen before where we're kind of hooping and hollering at the screen especially at home yeah i mean not that we hoop and holler in theaters but like i feel i feel the hoop and holler within me more in a theater than i typically do at home and we were like sitting up forward in our like i'm usually like laying down like it's a bed on the couch and i was fully up leaning towards the tv Lunge, lunging forward being like no don't do that they're like yes yes um and that's fun that was fun i had fun watching the movie with you yeah have i said the word fun enough i don't think so okay it was fun great thanks yep i am i echo everything it made me feel it made me feel good it it made me feel like there's still hope for good horror movies to come out and to surprise us and that they're not going anywhere and, and like and i think it was smart too like i think it was super fun, but I also think it has something to say. And like, yeah, the, the things it has to say have been said before in other movies. And maybe to, to to most people, the things that it's saying aren't brand new. I think there's worth in saying those things again. Yeah. And I liked the way that it said them. Yeah. It yeah. was it was a fresh take yeah. <laughs> on some themes we've seen before. Nice. Thanks. So all in all, how did it make you feel? It made me feel just invigorated, I think. It was just a blast. And and throughout that blast, there were moments that genuinely made me squirm. The, ho- the horror in it is still there. Like, the, like, there are some genuine moments of, like, oh, my goodness. I'm pretty sure there were both moments where our hands went to our mouths or, like, on the sides of our faces. Like, we were very um, engaged in the viewing of this movie. You know, like for as bleak as the batman was and i was just kind of engrossed by it i was like the opposite of this where like the batman like lulled me further back into my seat as i like was inundated with what it was which is a different kind of experience i really like in this one i was reaching toward the tv yeah it 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 was really refreshing so you're saying i nailed the mystery movie pick with this one oh yeah a because it would have been my pick and b um it was so good. I I think if you like horror, even in the slightest, you should make it a priority to watch this right away. Yeah. Jump on it. Quick. Be an early adopter. 
It's still it's still brand new. It just came out on Friday. Yeah, and like you don't like honestly, honestly, this is best viewed knowing as little about it as possible. So go watch it before somebody can spoil it for you. Yeah. Good call. Well, we're finally at that moment. We're gonna be naming our nominations for Bad Dad of the Week and Rad Dad of the Week. Let's start with our individual nominations for Bad Dad of the Week. Hit me with who your nominee is. So I am nominating for Bad Dad of the Week the character of Joseph, played by Mark Duplass in the movie Creep. Nice. Why'd you pick him? He would be a terrible father. (laughs) I will say as little as possible while still referencing tubby time. (laughs) I want no part of that, and I want no child to be a part of that. The energy he gives off, no thank you. Yep, I think I think that's a solid pick. I See, I could have gone for... I, he was on my short list. Oh, okay. And Sebastian Stan's character from Fresh was also on my short list. Yeah, I mean, he's a bad dad. <laughs> but my ultimate pick is... And I don't, I don't think that he's going to take the one this... He's, I don't think he's going to take the win this week, but... I put Brett Deer's character, Chad, from Fresh. <laughs> He's barely in it. Um, and he, if you know Brett Deer, he played Michael in Jane the Virgin, one of the sweetest characters <laughs> put on camera. But in this movie, he's just so not that. And it's it's definitely not the most necessarily threatening or, you know, display of real bad dadness but the vibe that this guy puts out is very subtly toxic okay hear me out yeah yes to all of those points but i don't think that necessarily makes him a bad dad i think that makes him a bad human being a bad date a bad boy a bad man (laughs) i don't think that necessarily makes him a bad dad can i reiterate again tubby time yeah, like I said, I knew I was going to take the L on this May one. May I mention Peach Fuzz? <laughs> <laughs> if you know, you know. Go watch Creep. Um, let's also consider just, you know, the way that Chad might go about his expectations for his oh, kids. Especially yeah. if you were to have any female kids. But maybe he'll be like Barney in How I Met Your Mother. Oh, where it's charming? No, <laughs> where he has a daughter and all of a sudden he's not a bad person anymore. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, I was I was kind of coming to this this fight be a, a bit of a losing battle. Yeah, you're bringing your lightweight to my heavyweight. This is true. So I'm willing to <laughs> bow down to your your pick for bad dad of the week. Okay, okay. We'll we'll officially crown after we we duke it out for our rad dad. I think. Um, I'm gonna let you start because I started with the other one, but I'm gonna preface this that like if you haven't picked the same same rad dad as me, I am gonna fight tooth and nail on this. Okay, tell me who you've picked. I d- I feel like I doubt it. <laughs> okay. I picked Jojo T. Gibbs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mo- <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, she played Molly in in Fresh, and <laughs> that's incredible. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She was like she's not she's not even the main character at all, but when she turns up in this movie, it's incredible. And the dad energy she's bringing 
is the dad energy that I want in my life. Just oh, yeah. somebody that is willing to do all that it takes to to make sure that I'm safe and that I'm looked after. And yes. Yeah, this this was like I said, I was going to fight you on this if this so um soulmates. Yes. Uh yeah, so Molly from Fresh played by Jojo T. Gibbs who I haven't seen in anything before and I am super excited to see what she does next cuz I really liked her. And I feel like um, there's a part of that character that, like, while I liked her from the beginning, I was a little worried that we were falling into the trope of, like, sassy black best friend yeah. to the white female character or the white white protagonist. And for me, it goes beyond that. She's the real MVP. Yeah, the just, like, the energy she puts out in this movie, even from the beginning... Like you, I want that energy in my life. Um, if Molly wanted to be my dad, I would gladly accept. Jojo T. Gibbs is probably younger than us. But yeah, I am 100% with you. I am loving you more every minute that you picked the same person as me. And <laughs> that's just a slam dunk win for, for the character of Molly as Rad Dad. Or the inaugural Rad Dad. Yeah. So Molly, be our dad. And Joseph, get out of here. Yeah, Go frig, away. Frig off, Joseph. Please, please don't be anybody's dad. Yeah. Um, take your tubby time. And stick it. Yeah. Take your peach fuzz. Also stick it. <laughs> Just get the hell out of here. Never want to see you again until I watch Creep 2. Yeah. Wonderful. Beautiful. What a win on Rad Dad of the Week. I love that. Yeah. I'm, I am really happy for Molly. And... um. I hope you all are too. I hope that you all go watch Fresh and you feel that energy and you love it as much as we did. And you also look out for what Jojo T. Gibbs does next because she was great. It's one rad dad. She is one rad dad. You'll agree with us. You'll see. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're just about out of here. But before we leave, we're going to hit you with our rad wreck of the week. So, Kylie, why don't you lay that out for us? So... Our Rad Wreck of the Week comes courtesy of the library. Uh, We, especially when we started with this mystery movie pick thing, part of it was shaking us out of that, like, laziness of go to Netflix. Because I hope that you'll all agree with us, but, like, Netflix doesn't have the best stuff. Like, we watch it because it's on Netflix, and most of us have Netflix. And the pandemic did not work in its favor. No, like, it just, you know, even in terms of, like, older catalog stuff, Netflix to me is like one of my least favorite places to check. And so we've been, I think both of us have been trying to like pick the movie first, not the streaming site. Like this is the movie I want to watch. Now, where can I watch it? And in doing that, we ended up renting a lot of movies because we have most of the streaming sites. We have Prime, courtesy of some good buddies. We have Disney Plus. We have Netflix. We have Crave. And we have Cable. Is that it? So. And Shutter, we have Shutter. Um, so we were, you know, picking movies that we wanted to watch that weren't available on any of those sites and renting them on iTunes. And you know, if it was four ninety nine to rent, but six ninety nine to buy, we were often buying it, even if it ended up not being great, or if we didn't know if it would be great. And then I remembered, oh yeah, the library exists. The library is a thing that exists. Um, our local library, and I'm sure yours too, wherever you are, it you can search the movie ahead of time. You can put it on hold if they have it. 
they'll put it on hold for you. You can go pick it up. And we can rent them for three weeks, which is amazing. And so what I've been trying to do is if I know there's a movie that I want to watch and it's not on any streaming sites and I know I want to pick it in the coming weeks is put it on hold at the library, go pick it up from the library, um, and then I get to watch it. Didn't cost me any money. Support my local library. So yeah, highly recommend instead of just going immediately to Netflix and watching something that's not good because it's on Netflix and that's what's in front of you picking the movies you want to watch first. And if you have some foresight with them and you kind of know what you're going to watch ahead of time, check the library. Chances are nine out of 10 times it's going to have it. I was going to pick Come to Daddy up from the library and then it ended up coming on to Shudder in the days before we watched it. And yeah, they had Come to Daddy at our library. Three copies, I think. That's my rad wreck of the week. Don't sleep on the library. It's there for you. It's got most of the movies you want to watch and you don't have to pay any money for them. Yeah. So I think what you're saying is having fun isn't hard. When you've got a library card. Yes. Yeah. Great. So thanks so much for listening to the first episode of Bad Dad, Rad Dad. We really love having these conversations and we want to hear from you. You can get in touch with us over on Instagram. Our handle is baddad.raddad. You can also get a sneaky little peek at what we've been watching on our individual Letterboxd accounts. Letterboxd is an absolutely great app, not a sponsor where you can keep track of all the movies that you watch. Uh, you can write reviews. You can give ratings. You can engage with other users on the app. There's a lot of really great watch lists where we turn to to find more great movies. Highly recommend that. Our handles there are Elliot Cuss, all one word, and Kylie Burton, all one word, and lowercase. The spelling for both of those will be in the show notes. We would also love it. If you could drop us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening from. And, you know, we're just a couple little guys just down in the little basement. So if you could share this out with any of the movie lovers or podcast lovers in your life, we would absolutely appreciate it. But that's going to do it for this first episode. So until next time. I'm Kylie and my dad's dead. I'm Elliot and my dad's a deadbeat. But remember, not all dads have to be bad. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.